This is Tim Staten with Tim Stating the Obvious. What is this podcast about? It's simple. You are entitled to great leadership everywhere you go, whether it's to church, whether it's to work, whether it's at your house, you are entitled to great leadership. And so in this podcast, we take leadership principles and theories and turn them into everyday relatable and usable advice. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Tim Stating the Obvious. In our last episode, we talked about having a community mindset and being an active citizen as the last part of our mini-series on life skills. If you haven't listened to the five-part series on life skills, I would recommend that you listen to them. Many of what employers and the executive suites of organizations that have concerns about their companies fall within any of those four categories we talked about. So if you haven't checked it out, please go back and check out that mini-series. But in this episode, we're going to be talking about processes versus people. Most of the organizations that I have been um, talking to lately are based on the eternal organizational struggle, uh, which is, is it the process that's the problem or is it the people? Two quick stories about what I'm talking about. Recently, one hospital bought out another one in the local area. The one that got bought out has to change and adapt to the parent hospital's policies and procedures, which is a given. Then performance drops across the board at the hospital that got bought out for many different reasons. Then the parent company hires a project management team to come in and observe and make recommendations for changes to help with the struggling hospital. The team comes in and they make an assumption that the uh, people are the problem and not the processes. Because the processes worked fine at all the other hospitals. When they ask employees about their struggles and what needs to change to help the organization, the resounding answer among the staff is that the hospital needs to hire more people at a competitive wage rate. The project management team's recommendations are people-oriented process changes stating that people are not well trained and lack efficiency. That team assessed that to be the root cause of the problems, that people were the root cause of the problem. A couple of weeks later, the hospital's turnover rate has doubled its current rate. And during exit interviews, the employees that had put in their notices said that they're leaving because they're going to take jobs that will pay better and that they're tired of being overworked. And most of these employees had five or more years of experience working at this hospital. So the other story involves another organization, and it's a tech company. They do well in sales and have a great rapport with their customers. However, they have an antiquated system of working, but that system worked well for the company when they were smaller and didn't have that many clients. And those clients that they did have didn't have a substantial client base of their own. And now that they've grown, they've had... You know, they've told employees that they must work longer and harder to provide the same level of customer quality service that they have had to do in the past with their clients. When employees provided feedback that the reason the processes are taking so long, the response is that they just aren't dedicated to the company and that they need to work harder to meet the deadlines no matter what. Even though that they complained that, hey, the process is part of the problem. Part of the problem is old tech. And the higher-ups in the organization refuse to see the need uh, for the process implementation improvement and spend money on the part of of that organization so the employees can do their jobs more efficiently. Then the company is seeing the same turnover rate and they chalk it up that people aren't, the people that they're hiring aren't trained or educated enough to perform the tasks required. They also have stated that the turnover rate isn't unusual for them 
However, their company has a higher turnover rate than their competitors do. Now, at first glance, when you take a look at these two stories, they seem similar. High turnover rates, lack of stability, and they both have processes that worked in the past. So the people must be the problem. Also, given the post-pandemic narrative that employees just don't want to work and they want higher wages for doing less. Those things don't help organizations if they buy into those um, post-pandemic narratives. What I'm about to say is not going to shock you in the least, but it's very obvious that we forget it. People are the most important aspect of any organization or business. People do, however, make up your process systems. So let that sink in for a minute. People are inherently part of your process systems. Even if you have an automated system, people are a part of that system and you cannot take them out of it. A process is a series of actions directed towards an end state. You can have an efficient process or an inefficient one. Just because a process was working doesn't mean it will always work. As technology improves and advances, so should our processes. Keeping people in mind as we develop the processes and keeping the customer in mind uh, foremost when you put those processes in place. For example, when you look at the root cause of a problem, you need to look at every step in the process. Look at all the essential steps to get you from point A to point B. Once you do that, you need to look at it as and see if there are any other necessary steps that you may have missed. Once you've analyzed the process, then watch how your people do them. If there's a variation in the process, you need to ask why. There is a reason why people are doing what they're doing. They're not just doing it just because. It could be because they are lacking resources to accomplish that task that they're told to do. And in order to accomplish that task, they have to do more steps to get to the same result. Or maybe there's a training issue. You know, the person just may not be trained on how to do that task. So you may have a training process issue in your organization. The next thing you should do is look at what are the established estimated timeframes on how long it should take to complete a task. The worst phrase I have ever heard from organizations, and I've heard it often, is that we expect people to exceed our expectations. If that's the case, then you haven't properly identified the task, purpose, and standards for those tasks. If something takes 30 minutes to do, then it takes 30 minutes to do. However, if you find people falling behind or consistently exceeding the standard, then you need to take a look at your processes again. If people are exceeding the standard for tasks, is it because they found a more efficient way to do the task? That very well may be the case. So watch how your top performers are completing tasks and see how what they are doing differs from what you've established. If people are consistently falling behind the standard, then you need to know what's going on. What's changed in the work environment? What has changed in the process? What has changed in the training leading up to the people performing those tasks? All of those things add up. And if you haven't properly identified, um, you know, the task and all the subtasks that go along with it and how long it should take so you can let people know, hey, you are meeting the standard or you are exceeding the standard or you are falling behind. You have a metric of what you can tell somebody, um, hey, you're doing a great job or you're not doing such a great job. Um, you know, the worst thing ever is that it comes down to the end of the year and people are looking for like performance reviews and you don't have a good answer to tell them on how they're doing because you have no metric to measure it by. Establish those metrics in your processes so that way you can let people know, hey, you are doing a great job meeting those standards or hey, you are not meeting those standards. It's pretty simple. 
However, a lot of organizations fail to do that. I will also say that you get what you pay for, and that's for everything. So if you're looking to hire people at the lower end of an expected salary wage for a job, then you will most likely get inexperienced workers. You will get workers who are looking to gain job experience so they can move on to a better paying job. So how invested are they in your organization? Not much. Uh, because it's a stepping block for them. They know that, you know, eventually they're going to get more money. They want to get their foot in the door. They want to gain experience on actual actual job implementation, and then they're going to move on. So you're going to have a high turnover rate. And you're also going to get people who are not invested in that company or that organization. So your output is not going to be as good as a quality um, as if you were paying into Uh, people who have an invested interest in that company. So if you pay on the other end of the spectrum, though, you might find that you will have too many experienced workers and they may get bored and move on to something more challenging. Now, I would recommend, you know, shooting for somewhere in the middle ground because you'll get the right level experience at the right challenging level and you'll keep your retention rate higher. Now, you will need to pay some people at the higher end of the spectrum just so that way they can get the experience and they can help uh, model that behavior that you're looking for uh, for people, for experienced workers in whatever field that you're what you're at. But as long as you keep people in mind and not prioritize saving money by skimping on your people. And, you know, you can always tell what's important by an organization by what it spends its money on. People are an asset. They're not a liability. If you see your people as a liability, something you have to pay out of your bottom line and not as an asset that you invest in, your people will feel it and will act the way they're treated. If you undervalue your people, they will know it. Imagine that you work and you dedicate majority of your and your day working for an organization that thinks that you are worth the bare minimum or slightly above the minimum. It shows in many ways. It shows in you know, how you treat your employees with their time off. You know, do you call your employees when they're not supposed to work to have them come in uh, to cover down on shifts that less reliable people don't work or on the days or scheduled times off? Do you call them and ask them about work related issues that could have waited until the next day? I mean, let's face it. The only reason why you called them is because you value your time more than you value theirs. The message that you're sending to people when you do this is that I'm still working and it's important to me right now. So therefore, it must be important to you. And I'm going to make this your problem until it's solved, giving me more back time later or tomorrow. There are genuine exceptions to that. For like, if somebody legitimately was supposed to do something and they didn't do it, okay, yeah. But if it's something that could wait, let it wait. I mean, I don't know how many times I've gotten phone calls thinking, wow, that really could wait until tomorrow. That's probably not the most important thing right now. And there are times where I've gotten phone calls and I'm like, wow, okay, yeah, this is super important. Let me handle this right now because I did not do a good job communicating to you what I should have ahead of time. So therefore, I'm going to have to use my time now to do that. You know, there are exceptions for that, but probably majority of the time it was the other one of, wow, that really could have waited till tomorrow. Now, this episode isn't about pay. It's about people versus process. And I would say overall, you need to make sure that our that our processes support our people and our organizations. 
We can't rely upon old ways of doing things. The environment is always changing. And when I say the environment, I'm talking about the work environment and the sphere that your organization operates in. You know, when I first take jobs, I always observe the process of the organization. And I ask people, how is this, whatever it is, supposed to work? Then I ask, how does it usually work? Almost all the time, I get a different answer. And I do the same thing with my own directory. I ask people, how does X process work? Then I ask people outside my directory, how do they see it working? Again, typically two different answers. There should never be two different answers. There should be, this is the process, and then an explanation if something deviates from the norm, right? And that deviation from the norm should be less than 0.01%. You might say, well, that's really hard, but think about it this way. If I said 99% of the time, and on average, you know, my directorate has a thousand client interactions a day. Out of 99% of standardization, there are 10 clients with an exception to the rule for that day. Then by the end of the month, that could be up to 300 people with an exception to the rule, which further puts the organization behind. And if we shoot for 99.99% of the time, we get one person a day with an exception to the rule. And by the end of the month, that could be 30 people. So the difference between the two mentalities is, would I rather have for a whole month the equivalent to one day, or do I want 300 people with a perception that my processes are flawed and my people are being overworked because they're trying to make up and perform at a level of which the process doesn't support. I mean, think about that for a minute. If we have a process that produces a deviation, even if it's a high percentage or a very, very low percentage of a deviation, and let's say you provide a service, well, just think about whatever current job that you're in and what service your job provides to its customer, whatever it may be, whether it's a goods or a service, whatever it is, that's what you provide. If it's a goods, and you have over a thousand client interactions a day, and you have a 99% standardization rate. You have 30 people a day with a problem that now your organization has to address. It's just, you're just gonna have to address it. Versus one person a day that your organization is gonna have to work to make right. And that's a huge difference in whatever that may be. You know, So do you want to give your time and your effort to provide really good service to that one client who had a deviation from how you normally operate or do you want to provide an average service to 30 people who had a deviation from how you normally operate the perception of your organization is going to be drastically different in how your client perceives you and your people are going to have to do more work because your processes are jacked up your processes are so flawed that it's producing it's making them have to deviate, which then is going to cause your organization a different issue later on. So focus on your processes, get your processes right. So your people don't have to suffer. So your people don't have to work so hard to get to the result that you're asking them to get to. You know, if you think about it, think about it in this terms. If you are leading an organization, do you think your frontline worker cares more about the organization than you do? And if you think the answer is yes, then you're wrong. Because nobody cares about your own organization more than you do if you're leading it. The guy on the front line that you hired to do whatever it is that you hired them or her to do, well, they care because you're paying them 
They care because they have personal pride in their own personal work ethic. But if you make their life so difficult and they're continuously having to do multiple steps and multiple works and the perception that they're doing two to three other people's jobs because your processes aren't right, that level of effort is going to dwindle over time and then they're going to leave, taking whatever institutional knowledge that they have brought with them somewhere else. So if you're not focusing on your processes and making sure that your processes are right and instantly going to blaming your people and saying, well, your people are the problem and that's why they're not producing. They must be slacking off. Oh, they don't want to work. Oh, they just want more money for to do less work. Well, I think that you should pay them the right amount of money for the right amount of responsibility and you owe it to them to provide them the right framework and how they have to operate so that way they don't have to work as hard. So that way they can have job satisfaction. So that they can see, oh, I am doing my job correctly every single day, 99.99% of the time. I have the right level of education. I have the right level of training. I have the right level of experience. And I'm getting the right level of pay. I am happy at what I am doing. Versus I am underpaid, undertrained, undermanned. I need another person to help me do this job because I can't do it on my own and frustrated. Which type of employee do you want to have in your organization? I would rather have the first one. And it recently, it seems like all I keep hearing is, hey, we're undermanned. Hey, we're undermanned. Hey, we're undermanned. That might be true, but you need to fix your process to help those who are there not have to work so hard. And if you are undermanned, then do the right calculation and hire more people. Because without people, nothing will get done. People are the most important asset that you have that will work in your organization. Hands down. Because if your process is broken, they will find a way to fix it for you. They may not tell you about it, but they'll fix it. And then you'll notice, oh man, you know, these processes are, these, a lot of these processes are exceeding my expectations. Why? Did I not set my expectations right? Let me see what they're doing. How are they performing? And then you make those adjustments. You know, so to wrap this episode up, organizations that are quick to blame people as the problem have a poor self-awareness mechanism in place. It's that simple. They would rather save money on underpaying people and not improving their processes because it's easier, not because it's right, but because it's easier to hire somebody new than it is to reevaluate and improve a process. Don't get me wrong, there are times where people are the problem. But in my experience, it's 0.01% of the time. Usually, it's a skill mismatch in properly trained personnel or uninformed personnel. So it's people trying to do the right thing or people who don't have the right skill level or the right skill set and get hired in that job on accident. And that's okay. But things change and we also must change and our processes must change to keep up. So I, I'm really interested in hearing from you um, if this resonated with you this week on... If you notice that in your own organization, uh, do you feel like your processes are messed up or do you feel like, hey, no, my processes are right. Just people don't want to work or, hey, you know, my processes are right. But, you know, the people that they're hiring that I'm working with, you know, they're not getting we're not getting paid as much as we should be getting paid. So therefore, the effort that we're producing probably isn't as much because we're getting underpaid, but we're trying to do the right thing. But we're just getting underpaid. So I'm really interested in hearing what you have to say on this topic. Um, I think it's a fascinating topic, you know, when, when you start thinking about it. There's tons of rabbit holes we could go down with this. 
as you look at each process and the step of the way and the cause and effect and the second and third order effects of everything, it's really fascinating. Uh, but I'm really interested in hearing what you have to say. Uh, but before we go, I would like to ask if you haven't followed or subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening to it on. If you could please subscribe, uh, that would help this show. And then hit that bell icon or the notification icon to let you know when we do publish a new episode. Uh, My schedule in the next coming weeks is going to be a little bit different. So it's going to be harder for me to publish some episodes. But when we come back um, after maybe a short brief break, uh, we're going to come back with a whole bunch of new episodes and it's going to be one after another. So I don't want you to miss out on anything or think that, you know, I forgot about the podcast because I haven't. Uh, there's just going to be some things coming up. And then lastly, if you could share this, epi- this, this episode and this podcast with one or two other people who you think might like it. Uh, so that way they can get a chance to listen to it and contribute to the conversation. And then, you know, if you haven't commented or rated, you know, that also helps as well. So that way other people can know uh, when they come across the podcast of, hey, you know, these other people liked it. Maybe I can get some from it too. And like I said before, this is all about, you know, trying to create a conversation about, you know, topics and theories that we deal with every single day and try to provide a, a, a logical, practical implementation forward. So I'd like to thank you for stopping by and listening to this episode. I really appreciate it. I'm Tim Staten, Staten the Office.